The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility and love of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. In that spirit we gather. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there is freedom. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
let us pray. Grant, O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, our service of worship each week begins in prayer that includes confession and a confidence of pardon. Our service ends, or almost so, with a similar prayer given by our Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That is, in worship, we begin with a recognition that we are fallible and frail, mortal and prone to harm. And so, together, in individual confession, as our choir sings, we seek God's grace. Let us pray. O thou God of pardon and peace, grant us, we ask, thy pardon. Grant us, we ask, thy peace. Beloved, hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Be silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord, today the Lord will take you, your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. 
Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one, the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elisha ascended into heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elijah went over. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 84 with the antiphon. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house and sing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go to the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, and early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Now, beloved, I invite you to rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 6, verses 56 through 69. Glory to you, O Lord. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. For 12 months here at Marsh Chapel, we have embraced, no, we have been embraced by spirit. Last fall, Mark revealed spirit. In the winter, Jonathan Edwards preached spirit. This summer, beloved community awaited spirit. And today, the Gospel of John adores spirit. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The word I have spoken to you is spirit and life. In that spirit, a story and a question. The story, Elijah's. The question, yours. In the year 850 BCE or so, Elijah stood upon a high mountain facing 450 of the prophets of Baal. And each side give, gave imprecation that their God would send fire. The 450 called out, but nothing. And Elijah nudged, speak a little louder. Perhaps your God is hard of hearing. Maybe he is on a journey or gone away. Is he sleeping? And then he called upon Yahweh who sent the rain of fire on the way to the river Jordan in the year 820 before the common era or so. Elijah, now alone, stood upon a high mountain listening as we do every Lord's Day for the voice of the divine. And there was a great wind that rent the mountains, but the Lord was not in the wind. And there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then there was a great fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then a still, small voice on the way to the river Jordan. In the year 800 BCE, the prophet Elijah, the troubler of Israel, confronted King Ahab, who owned every garden in Jerusalem except that of Naboth, a poor man. And Ahab went to Naboth and said, Naboth, I'm your king. Give me your garden. And Naboth said, I quote him exactly, no. After which Ahab went for three days and three nights and sulked, no refreshment, until Jezebel, his queen, came along and said, Ahab, up! Who is king of Israel? You shall have your garden. And she, with her courtiers, went and took Naboth's garden and his head and returned with the news, except behind her came the troubler of Israel who confronted Ahab, holding a mirror up. This is what happens when you take what is not yours, saying, Ahab, do you see the place where the dogs licked Naboth's blood? So this will happen to you, and quite soon, on the way to the river Jordan. In the year 90 AD, the gospel writer of St. John, he's carrying you now. He's got something for you. It's a surprise. Speaks of spirit. Now, we're meant to remember all of chapter 6, which speaks of flesh. You remember the feeding of the 5,000, a lad with two fish and five barley loaves. Or was it five fish and two barley loaves? No, it was two fish and five barley loaves. The midterm is October 22nd. You know the eating that signaled? Those who eat, it's in the first verse of our very reading. Those who eat my flesh. The munching, that's the verb in the original, the munching of the flesh. A celebration of the bread of life, what nourishes the body, what nourishes the spirit in this sense. John's guiding you along. He's with you, isn't he? You're with him, aren't you? Those must eat my flesh. And then, no. Is this a hard teaching? I'll give you a harder one. You watch the Son of Man ascending. This is Elijah-like, Elijah-like, Elijah-like. You watch the Son of Man ascending, and by the way, the flesh is of no avail. The table is of no avail. The Eucharist is no avail. Sacrament tradition is no avail. Now, we have other passages that keep this for us. 1 Corinthians 11, the pastoral epistles, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, good thing. But for John, no. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. Do you hear that for John... What you say and the way you say it lasts longer than what you do and the way you do it. Odd as that may seem. Your words last longer than your deeds. For John, there is no last supper because the supper does not last. 
In John, there is no Last Supper because it's not the supper that lasts. What lasts? Presence, quickened consciousness, spirit, ruach, pneuma, wind, along the way to the river Jordan. In the year 1735, your countryman Jonathan Edwards, who led a very difficult life, preached in Northampton. And he spoke about spirit and the gifts of spirit. We listened to him as our Calvinist interlocutor this Lent. He spoke about the human being having the divine light within her and him. And he spoke about the creation, the visible material world being resting in the mind of God. And he spoke about saints so holy that they would be willing to be damned to the glory of God. And he spoke about faith. And this is what he said, do you remember? You can describe honey but in order to know it, you have to taste it. To describe faith, you have to taste it, receive. It's personal. It's the gift of spirit along the way from the river Jordan. In the year 1865, the spirit of Elijah rested then upon Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president. Maybe you think of him in these days of presidential quasi-presidential rhetoric. It's hard not to make some comparisons between what we hear today and what they heard then three weeks before Lincoln's death with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Let us press on to finish the work that we are in. That's awareness, quickened consciousness, presence, spirit on the way to and on the way from the river Jordan. In the year 1951, Ray Bradbury in his dystopian novel, Fahrenheit 451, captured this spirit. That, by the way, is the temperature at which paper books burn. I think Bradbury would not be surprised to see the condition of our culture today. Are you one of the world's last readers? Good for you. And the protagonist, Montag, having battled the fire, finds himself cast out along a river, and a group of hobos welcome him in. And he realizes at their fire that a fire can both warm as well as destroy. And he discovers that these, together, have memorized parts of the library of humankind. One has me memorized the Psalter, and another the Dialogues of Plato, and another the plays of Shakespeare, and another the works of Thomas Hardy, and another the Gospels, and they say to him, what do you bring along? What do you bring along? What do you remember so well you can recite it in your sleep? That's who you are. What do you bring along? And Montag says, it's a good answer. Oh, some of the verses of Ecclesiastes and of the Revelation to St. John along the way from the river Jordan. In the year 1959, Harper Lee wrote a great book until this very summer, her only book. I'll leave the second book for a moment, but let's remember Atticus in his first incarnation. She wrote down there in Alabama about Atticus Finch, and remember the conclusion of that great story when Scout Jean Louise, his daughter, has been given permission to come to the last day of the trial. Atticus has unsuccessfully defended a black man in a white community, and the inevitable guilty verdict is about to be rendered. And she sits up in the balcony with the black church. It's an image, balcony, heaven, floor, earth. The floor empties. Atticus fills his brief. Behind the balcony watches. And then he begins to take his walk down the trail of defeat called life, and she hears at age 10 a rustle around her, and she sees the people standing up around her, the church, and she hears Reverend Sykes in his black suit and collar lean to her and say, Miss Jean Louise, Miss Jean Louise, stand up, stand up, your father's passing. Can you hear that? That begs to be heard presence, spirit, along the way to the river. Jordan, in the year 1965, just 15 years ago, 
along the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. John Lewis nearly died. He had his skull cracked. We had dinner with him three winters ago. And he went, real change is real hard, but it happens in real time when real people really commit to it through personal acts of self-giving, even suffering like his. He said, no, I, I wasn't angry. But I was a, a full of a kind of righteous indignation along the way from the river Jordan. In the winter of 2015, the inhabitants of New England experienced a great Nevada. What a difference 180 days makes. And on February 15th, you gathered for worship. It was only essential services, so we had 15 in the choir. Thank you, choir. We had eight in the congregation. Thank you, congregation. And walking down Commonwealth Avenue, you could not see your hand in front of your face. But flickering across the street, a little red light. Oh, a coffee never tasted so good. And one learned that day, at least I did, that essential services in New England means police, fire, hospital, and Dunkin' Donuts along the way to and from the River Jordan. In the summer of 2015, this congregation hosted a lasting, rolling rumination upon a beloved community. That's a text, a verse from the Gospel of John, rendered fit for the 20th century by Bostonian Josiah Royce and captured by Martin Luther King. The hope, the dream, the prospect. And David Romanek had a spiritual word for you. You better be genuine but also earnest. And Larry Whitney had an ecclesiastical word for you. Community is difficult. And Chapin Garner had a theological word, not so much that your God is too small, but that your God is too tame. And Regina Walton had a pastoral word for you. Abide, you're not potted plants, you're branches in a vine. And Brittany Lungsdorf ended appropri appropriately with a pain, a hymn, to love, and your dean came back and forth muttering comments about intimations in social history and the role of personal faith. What do you remember from summer 2015? Spirit, presence, hope of a beloved community along the way from the River Jordan. In the year 2000, and, well, I forget. That happens when you're doing things from memory. In the year 2000, and actually, I don't know the year. In the t year 2000 and whatever, there will be a moment. It will be the last day of my life, and another, the last day of your life. And there will be a parting of the ways, a slapping of the mantle, and a shift across the river. And there will be Elijah making his last pastoral visit on me and on you. On that, well, I don't know what year. And there will be a chariot, a sweet chariot, a swinging sweet chariot, a fiery swinging sweet chariot. Present in spirit as God's love, which is grace, mercy, forgiveness, peace, pardon, acceptance, healing on the way to the river Jordan. Elijah asked, will you give me a double portion of your spirit? And so it was. And that is the story which leaves you, you were promised a question. Oh, it comes right out of John and 2 Kings. Here is your question, and I mean it in as personal a way as I can state it. With Elijah and Elisha and the Spirit in John, what do you want to pass on to others? What do you want to bequeath to others? What do you want to give to those who follow? You're a 22-year-old who's earned a Bachelor of Arts in college, and you've also seen some hard living in college. You have some regrets, and you have a 15-year-old sister what do you want to pass on? You're a 32-year-old parent. It's interesting how life looks so different through the eyes of a two-year-old. 
and you're raising children and you what do you want to pass on you're a grandparent and now you have some resources and you have some commitment what do you want in a very practical way to give to the next generation what double portion in a sermon like this when a preacher so says I always wonder well brother what's your answer and I give it to you very straight at the top level I want to leave only one thing the possibility of preaching space and culture and time in church for the announcement of the good news a saving healing intervening word and you say well there'll always be preaching really really not unless women and men commit themselves ourselves to its voice on the way from the river Jordan what do you want to pass on here is our chariot it's a chariot of promise here is our chariot it is a chariot of grace here is our chariot it is a chariot of healing here is our chariot may we utter it a chariot of love so I sing with William Blake did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green and was the holy lamb of God in England's pleasant pastures seen and did the countenance divine shine forth upon these clouded hills and was Jerusalem builded here among these dark satanic mills bring me my bow of burning gold bring me my arrow of desire bring me my spear O clouds unfold bring me my chariot of fire I will not cease from mental fight nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem in this green and pleasant
be seated. As we come to a time in our service to pray together as a community of faith, I invite you to remain seated, to come to the altar rail, to kneel, to find a prayer position that will help you support one another in prayer as the choir leads us in singing our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. God, you are our home. We gather in worship each week to catch a glimpse of the blaze of your glory, to hear a note of angelic voices, to understand better one aspect of your divine countenance. We pray this morning for an openness of heart to see, hear, and know you better each day. This morning, we pause at the threshold of a new year with new people on their way to Boston to move in, and graduates only recently left for new jobs, new programs, and new places. We are grateful to lean our heads on the steady lintel of your sense of timing. God, we are grateful for this place where we can both look back in memory and look forward in hope. We are grateful for this fleeting moment of a sense of your timing eternity. Scripture tells us this morning to pick up a mantle that has been left by those saints who have come before. We pause a moment in gratitude for all whose legacy has inspired our work and service for you, God, in this world. And as we consider this mantle on the ground before us, we hesitate a moment. It is stained with the cares of this world. It seems too heavy to lift as we consider the violence, racism, sexism, greed, and callousness of a broken world. But the weight of this world is nothing to you, God. And we take comfort knowing your son told us that his yoke is easy and his burden light. Give us the strength to pick it up and follow you. And as we bend before you to take up that mantle, we see the other, more tempting mantles of the world before us. The false armor of authority and control, the shiny cloak of wealth, and the sweeping mantle of power. Help us to bend past these, Lord, and to reach out for the humble role of simply following you. We are bold to ask these things because by your grace we may ask you for a double portion of your spirit. Fill us with that spirit now as we pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
peace of God be with you. Good morning and welcome again to the nave of Marsh Chapel. My name is Jessica Chica and I have the privilege and pleasure to serve as the interim university chaplain for international students and chapel associate for Lutheran ministry here at Marsh. Uh, this is our last Sunday of summer here at Marsh um, and so we're, we're so happy to have, have had you throughout the summer and as we prepare for the arrival of all of our students starting at the end of this week. Uh, we hope that you will join us next weekend for our university matriculation service, which will be held at 11 a.m. Um, all first-year students will also be able to make it for the matriculation walk up Commonwealth Avenue to Nickerson Field afterward. Um, we would like you to take a moment to help us get to know you better and for you to help to get to know each other better by filling out the red pads located along the center aisle of each pew. If you could fill out your name and contact information, that would be great. Um, we have a variety of first week activities happening starting after next Sunday's service. Um, if you go to the last page of the bulletin, it is all laid out for you. We have events happening every single day of that week. Um, we would invite you to check out those events, to come and, and participate with us. Uh, you can find out more information at our website, bu.edu chapel, as well as um, can contact either Brother Larry or myself for more information about that. Um, for other announcements and upcoming services, we encourage you to check out the Marsh Chapel website as well. Uh, again, it's bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us, let us remember that it is God's gift to be a giver, so please give as generously as possible.
O God, who knows us and hears our prayers, receive these gifts for service in your name and consecrate us, the givers, for a quickened consciousness of the needs of your world. We pray this in the name of Jesus, your Son, and in the presence of your Spirit, our constant companion. Amen. the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. <laughs> 